Welcome to WrestleBall Courtside, your source for all things basketball. And remember, if you're into wrestling, be sure to check out WrestleBall Squared Circle. We are your hosts. As always, my name is JT, and joining me, the man who needs no introduction, Marky B. What's going on, Mark? Raptors, baby, Raptors. Onions, baby, onions. The season is back. The Raptors are back. Let's just get right into it, man. This is exciting stuff, exciting stuff. The Raptors. I don't know how we got through this entire offseason doing podcasts, and, and now we actually have some content yeah. to talk about, and yeah. boy, do we Not have. Not that we don't have content. We have a lot of content. You guys should check it out. <laughs> check out all of the episodes. All of them. All Every of single them. one. We're on episode, what, 69, you said? 69. 69, baby. It's a special number. 69. It's a special number. 69. All right, we're, we're we're already getting off the tracks here, but uh, no, really though, if you, if you, if you are into uh, basketball, be sure to check our uh, other episodes out. Fantastic! But the season is among us. Uh, the Raptors obviously split their first two games, uh, but let's uh, narrow in on the first game against Cleveland. Uh, this, in my opinion, was a big game for us. Well, I like how we started with our home opener intro. We used a little bit of Drake, little Drake techno songs going on, which I love. Um, really sets the tone. Um, obviously, this is a very pivotal season for us. Um, a lot of expectations. A lot of uh, media actually have us making playoffs easily. We don't necessarily have a superstar per se, although Siakam would like to have a conversation about that. I um, mean, we'll talk about that. We'll get into that. But uh, we did face the Cleveland Cavaliers, who recently got uh, Donovan Mitchell in a trade for Colin Sexton, amongst other players as well. Lori Marketing, I think, was also involved in that. Um, but uh, we did get the we did get the W. Um, we saw a lot of great things. Um, for the most part, Toronto looked like the go getter and the header. Uh, Cleveland played catch up most of the time. Um, they did lead for specific parts of this game. And it was a close game, 108-105 for yep. the Raptors. And in this, we'll, we'll have to talk about this too because that's sort of the issue, which is an old issue with the Raptors, is the ending and not being able to close out. Um, and, 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 you know, all, and all, all the great things that the Raptors also do as well. But we have five starters that can score. Yes. And, and that's the most important thing. So uh, Well, in this game, all five starters scored at least 15 points or more. Yep. Uh, which is a good and a bad thing because we probably got in total, let me calculate it here, 10, 13, 16, 18 points from the bench. Not good, guys. Not no. good. And and that's going to be a problem for us, uh, not just in this game and, and our loss to uh, the Nets, the Nets uh, but for the foreseeable future. We really, well, one, we need Otto Porter Jr. Yeah. I know it's Otto Porter Jr., not a huge name, but anybody to... Kind of like well, he's coming off a championship. Definitely, yeah, knows he what coming he's doing. Out. Yeah, he's he's a veteran that you can play. Like, cause right yeah. now we're playing guys like Delano Benton. We're mm-hmm. playing Wancho Hernan Gomez, and mm-hmm. yes, we loved you in in uh, Hustle, uh, Wancho, but uh, <laughs> not not a great player in real life. And Delano Benton, well, he was good in FIBA. So it's hard to say he's not a good player. Well, I think so he, was his brother Willie. Yeah, right. He didn't play in the Nets game, and we'll get to the Nets game in a second. Uh, but uh, he did play eight minutes in the uh, in the Cavaliers game. Uh, he was a minus eight, unfortunately, but he only played seven minutes. So it's kind of hard for him to get his footing, obviously being in the Raptors. And this is the real deal league. So, you know, you got to show up here. So I was a little disappointed with the Raptors uh, <laughs> that they... Um that they decided to let uh, Josh Jackson go, who uh, really played well in the preseason. Yeah, and Josh Jackson's the guy who used to put it up for Detroit. Yeah, he's a former, what, top 10 uh, draft, draft pick. pick. Yeah, yeah. Um, not even too long ago, maybe like five years ago, six years ago. Yeah, but I don't think he's even been picked up yet, so he kind of fell off. No, well, that's the thing, too. I suppose he did well in preseason because he had pretty good usage since we were playing our bench anyways. Yep. But... Uh, yeah, we just need some buckets off the bench, and we don't seem to be getting it. And One notable uh, missing name here is Malachi Flynn. Yeah, not playing anymore. Yeah. Delano seems to be getting the green light. I thought Malachi uh, had Drop. like a crazy um, offseason, you know, scoring 70 in, in the Pro-Am, Pro-Am matches. But uh, yeah. apparently, not enough to impress Coach Nurse. So... Uh, going back to the game, though, uh, the Raptors beat uh, Cleveland, like I mentioned, 108-105. Uh, what are some of the things that stood out for you in this one? Well, um, the 
the biggest thing, and obviously uh, a lot of weight on his shoulder, Scotty Barnes coming into his sophomore season. The expectations are great, like we've been saying all summer long on our other podcasts. Uh, sorry, on this podcast, so, so, <laughs> courtside. Um, Not to be confused with Squared Circle, which if you are into wrestling, you should check that out. Um, or blading, you should check that out. <laughs> no, that's um, gonna be on uh, WrestleMania. Bla- I blade daily. <laughs> I blade daily. Um, but uh, Scotty Barnes was a plus twenty in this game. Yes, um, the highest of uh, anyone in either team, obviously. Um, but uh, skyrocketed from anyone else. The next highest guy was OG at plus nine. Um, but Scotty came to play. Fifteen points, got a block, two steals, seven assists. That was a big one. That's a big one. Unfortunately, he only got three rebounds, which is not a huge deal, but uh, we'd like to see something a little higher. Um, but I'm not worried about the rebounds. We no. have so many tall guys as it is. Yeah. We want Scotty Barnes to be a playmaker. Right. I, I want him to be a playmaker. Yeah, me too. And I think he can. He used to be, like you said, a point guard. In college. In college. So he's able to do that. And I think we need him to do that as well. Um, just so maybe... Once we get Otto Porter back, maybe Delano needs to take a little step back. I was a little upset with him in the Nets game. Uh, he was okay in the Cavaliers game, but he was a net zero. He didn't really make a difference for or against uh, the Raptors. Uh, but uh, Scotty Barnes shot 50% from the field in this game. He also shot 50% versus the Nets. Did take a three-pointer in this and did make it. So he's making very timely shots and he's taking good shots. And that's what I like to see from someone who's coming off a rookie of the year. You know what pisses me off is when I hear the Scotty Barnes and Ben Simmons comparisons, and I'm just thinking, whoa, what? that's that's out of left field. Scotty Barnes has shot more threes in his rookie campaign than Ben Simmons has in his entire life, probably. So yeah. um I you know, I expect huge things from Scotty Barnes. If you ask me what who Scotty Barnes should who's, be, who's who's comparing Ben Simmons to I want names. I want names right now so we can start blading these guys. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, I think I read that on... Better not be sass. Oh, man. S-A-S. He's been pretty quiet this. I haven't really seen too many headlines with him recently. He was very surprised at the Raptors win, keeping up with the Cavaliers and Donovan Mitchell specifically. Was that on first take? That's on first take, yeah. He was very shocked and surprised at the Raptors for keeping it up. But he should not be surprised, Stephen A. Smith. We've... We've proven you wrong many times, but uh, moving on there. Um, Uh, Now, on the flip side... um, over on the Cavs. Okay, so one of the interesting matchups, obviously, Scotty Barnes versus Evan Mobley, mm-hmm. Rookie of the Year versus Rookie of the Year mm-hmm. runner-up. Um, I thought uh, Evan Mobley was pretty pedestrian. Yeah, minus 14. Pretty pedestrian. I, I don't think, um, you know, a lot of people expect him to be one of the best rookies from this class, if not the best. And I don't know if I really see it. And to me, at this point, he's looking like he's going to become the next DeAndre Ayton. Oof. Who's not a bad player, don't get me wrong. No. But not not, not a uh, max player. Not a max player. Not Although a, Aiden is a max player. Well, yeah, well, yeah. yeah. He got the rookie max, but so yeah. Oh, you know what? He was the worst player on his team. Minus 14 net rating, 14 points, one block, one steal, which is great. One assist, six rebounds. That's all you did in 35 minutes. Um not not enough, obviously. Um, we definitely shut you down and we shut all the all the all, you know anyone saying that uh, Scotty should not have won, although the stats were pretty close. I think our wins were probably a little better, and if not very good. Uh, I know Garland went down, et cetera, et cetera, yada yada yada. But uh, you know what? This is a great opening game for both guys to show that Scotty Barnes is was the well, and, and 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 the reason why this game is so big, at least for Raptors fans, is because, and I think you can agree with this. The media has put Toronto Raptors, Cleveland Cavaliers, and Atlanta Hawks basically on the same tier at that same level. And I've always felt like, no, we're, we're good enough to match up with Philly. We're good enough to match up with, uh, you know, Miami. Definitely not good enough to match up with Detroit, though. That's the one team I am scared of facing. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like, I, 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 I just think we have too much chemistry, too much. Uh, this is a core that's been together for a long time. Yes, Cleveland just got a superstar in Donovan Mitchell, but I it doesn't happen in year one. It never does. No. It's going to take time. And Donovan did well. He was a plus 10, 31 points. Uh, he got uh, no uh, two two steals, nine assists, and two rebounds. Um, now it's, He didn't it's, shoot very well, though. It's unfortunate that uh, oh, Garland... Oh, sorry, he shot very well. He didn't shoot the three very well. It's unfortunate Garland didn't 
get to play um, many minutes, you know, 13 minutes until he got uh, hit in the eye. JT bladed him (laughs) and took him out of the game. (laughs) (laughs) You see a common theme here? (laughs) If you're wondering what we're, what the heck we're talking about, check us, uh, check us out at uh, WrestleBall Squared Circle. But uh, going back to this. um, Yeah, Darrison get his. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they mesh because as, as in our last episode, the question is, who is going to take a step back? Who is going... And, and like I mentioned in the last episode, there's really two ways I see this going. Uh, Donovan Mitchell stays the same and Darius Garland takes a steep drop-off. Or both of them kind of take a small drop-off. Uh, so Together. <laughs> holding hands. <laughs> holding hands together. Together. Uh, but one thing I do know is uh, they're not being the Raptors, that's for sure. No. At least not on this day. No. At least not on this day. And I, I think even healthy, they're not beating the Raptors. I just think we have a lot more chemistry with them. Like you said, uh, it's going to take, it's going to be hard year one. Obviously, it's their first game as well. Uh, but uh, I still think Raptors, we're just, the chemistry is just too strong there for it to. Uh... Especially if we're talking about seven game series in a playoff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you put the Raptors in a seven game series, we're going to push you. Yeah. You know, we, we do that with Boston, who yeah. usually beats us. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But we went, we took them to seven. <laughs> we take them to seven, though. Yeah. Uh, that's just what we do. Yep. Uh, we're gritty like that. So another Raptor that I just wanted to touch on. Christian Coloco, the rookie. Oh, yes, yes. Seven foot. The only seven footer we got in the squad. I thought he played really well. He, he looked a, good. Plus three rating. He looked like he fit in with what we're bringing to the table this year in the court. Three points, one block, six rebounds. Pretty impressive. I uh, didn't take any threes, and he was only one from one for four from, from the field, which is fine for someone who's just sort of getting their feet wet. Uh, I really liked what I saw from him. And again, being seven foot, he's going to have a lot of opportunities being that height and being on this team because they're going to be match- situational matchups that we need to either expose. And I know he is young, so it's going to be harder, but it's always nice to have a seven footer on the court that's versatile. Does it look like uh, with the addition of Christian Coloco that we might be seeing um, less Ken Birch? Very, very likely. Yes. Between Ken Birch and Chris Boucher, I got to give the nod to Boucher probably. Yeah. Um, so we'll see where that goes because uh, Cambridge actually got quite uh, a nice contract. Uh, was it last off season? I think so, or the year before, or the yeah, maybe last year. But uh, regardless, uh, he did get a nice sizable contract, so you think he would play a pretty significant role off that bench. But I don't know. Uh, now with Precious all of a sudden becoming a uh, a good three, not a good three point shooter, but a three point shooter. Yeah. And obviously Boucher can hit the three sometimes as well. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there is going to be much room for Cam Birch, especially if Christian Coloco can play the inside game, yep. uh, like he like he showed in that first game. Yep. Yep. It's gonna be tough. Everyone's fighting for minutes here, and whoever can put up points from the bench, they're gonna be the ones playing. So. You know, that's going to be the most important thing. Um, Who can put up the most points and uh, whoever can get it going is going to be the one that we're going to be asking for. We have a lot of people on the bench, but we are having that issue of scoring off the bench. So uh, you guys better get it together there on the bench. We need a bench mob to get us through stuff because we can't be running our guys to the ground uh, because they're the only scorers that we really had. So Gary Trent off the bench. What do you think? Gary Trent Bench makes a lot of sense to me. I think it makes a lot of sense too. I don't see it happening though. Because no. last year when we had him off the bench, he just did not perform. No. He, he. It seems like he's just not motivated when he comes off the bench, which is really disappointing because I could easily see him being Six like minutes. a Tyler Hero. Yeah. Yeah, you're off the bench, but you're going to get 30 plus minutes and, and then you're going to score 20 plus points, you know? Yep. Um. So... He, yeah, good first game. Should we jump into Brooklyn Nets? Yeah, let's turn because this Brooklyn one was Nets. disappointing. Yeah, this was very disappointing. We uh, were doing very well um, for basically the entire game. Uh, Brooklyn took the lead, their first lead in the third period, after a 9-0 run in which we did not call a timeout to sort of just break that heat that they had going. No pun intended, as we face the heat today, but. Uh, Delano Ban just was not ready for the Brooklyn Nets and he did play and he was one of the worst players that we played. Um, minus 15 rating, unfortunately, in this game. In only like 13 minutes here. Yeah, so that's pretty rough. Um, didn't do much for us. And uh, essentially, and I don't take this loss too badly. Honestly speaking, Brooklyn needs a win in more ways than just the game. And uh, you sort of saw the emotion pour out of Kyrie and Katie at the end of the game. Um basically riddled with bad news throughout the off season and we don't we're not going to get into that too much and obviously being swept by Boston didn't help 
um, being the only team being swept last year. So this one was uh, more than what we took it to be, just being a second game trying to beat the Nets, who are possibly in trouble. Well, they needed a big win after their terrible, terrible, oh, terrible loss. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah. Who they face in their first game there? Uh, um, New Orleans Pelicans. Yes. And they got obliterated, I think, like a little under 30-point game. Destruction. And you know what? You can't be too mad at this loss when you look at the fact that Kyrie Irving had to play 40 minutes. Yikes. Yeah, 40 minutes. Of course, he torched us. Yeah. Plus 22, 30 points. Uh, he killed us. But Kyrie is going to do this from time to time. He, he is a uh, bucket getter. He can go off at any moment. So yeah. it happens. Uh, it's just so disappointing because to me, when you look at the Brooklyn Nets, they have no defense. Yes, they have very, very potent offense, but their defense is non-existent. They expect to play Ben Simmons at the center. Well, I got a rude awakening for you. Yeah, He's not going to match up. Not going to work, yeah. You put him up against Jokic. You put him up against his former teammate Embiid. He's just not going to work at the center. Yeah. But uh, that said, they did win with him at the center. Well, I mean, we don't have a, a big center anyway, so it no. kind of it, it worked a good out matchup there. Yeah, them. you're right. It's a yeah. good matchup for them. You're right. You're absolutely right. Um, the other thing uh, that was pretty interesting was the uh, what Pascal Siakam ended up contributing. A huge triple-double, 37 points, 11 assists, 12 rebounds. Um, just, just amazing. He shot 71% from the field and he shot uh, 33% from the three. Just amazing. You know, and despite the loss, it's such a... It's, he played so well. He was one of our best players on the court. And that's saying a lot facing a Brooklyn Nets team that not only has Kyrie and KD, but a team that really needs a big W. Um, but uh, Pascal was not pleased at the loss. And this is the maturity that you see from his, you know, him. He said one of the first things uh, he said to us in the opener against Cleveland, where he got 23 and 11, was that he only had one assist. And he said, uh, he said he'd argue that that was a product of his teammates missing good looks. But uh, no, no, that's what. Sorry, uh, that's what Josh Lewinberg said. My bad. Yeah, Josh yeah. Lewinberg said that he, you know, he argues that's a that's his teammates missing shots, uh, but and not so uh, much Pascal. Yeah, yeah. And Pascal said basically, I've got to go back and see what I could have done better. Um, and in the Brooklyn game, he was uh, he he hit four assists uh, by the first half. Um, and after the game of the Nets, um, again, another Ludenberg uh, tweet, a tweet uh, Siakam basically says, um, how many free throws did he miss? And he was five for nine, essentially stating that he's he locked needs in. to be better. He's locked in. He's yeah. not a, a guy who cares about the stats. And it makes sense. You look at his upbringing, uh, how he got into basketball, very humble beginnings. And so uh, I'm not surprised with his attitude. And check this stat out. It took him 284 games to record his first, first triple, triple double. double yeah. He's now recorded three in the last eight of his games. Uh, so Pascal Siakam, even- I mean, uh, he's in line for a big contract. Uh, one of the things that came out of this past offseason is both him and Fred Van Vliet did not get extensions because they're betting on themselves. And, and, and with Pascal Siakam specifically, if he gets another all-NBA selection... He's eligible for a supermax that will pay him something like two ninety for five years. I think it comes up to sixty mil a year. And before we get into that question, because uh, we got a lot of Pascal Siakam to talk about, uh, I did want to just shout out Fred Van Vliet and Scotty Barnes, who also had excellent games against Brooklyn. Uh, Fred Van Vliet with eighteen uh, seven and nine plus four steals and a block. Uh, Scotty Barnes seventeen. Uh, seven and three with two steals and a block. But uh, going back to Siakam, does he deserve this supermax if he is able to get this all NBA selection? Oh, for sure. If he's be able, if he's able to do this, like we're we're basically unstoppable every night if Pascal's you know locked in. So I don't see why not. And if he is producing this, I would definitely give him the supermax. But we lost. We did lose. But uh, again. I would say that's a product of his teammates missing shots. <laughs> Josh Lewenberg, is that you? <laughs> um, In disguise. <laughs> uh, listen, I don't. Obviously, I don't think uh, Pascal is the um, the reason we lost yesterday. Obviously, no. That's no it was not what Delano I'm, Banton. It's not what I'm trying to suggest, but <laughs> but what I am saying is, do you still feel like when you're talking about sixty million dollars a year? You're talking about a guy that you're super confident can win you games by himself. So yeah. I'm saying you're, you're talking about a Kawhi Leonard. You're talking about a Kevin Durant, Steph Curry. 
Is Siakam on that level? He's an impact player the first two games of the season, definitely. Um, I've seen him do some very interesting things against the Nets. And even Kyrie Irving pointed it out that Pascal Siakam is extremely impressive. And that's huge. Because as we know, Kyrie doesn't say much. (laughs) Well, we know that's not true. So that's going to be a... Oh, substance anyways, guys. That'll be a flagrant. Doesn't say much of substance anyways. But uh, But in this circumstance, um, definitely if he's impressed, um, it it means something. Like this guy, because some of the moves he was doing, pretty impressive, his spin moves and whatnot, and his foot movement has improved significantly. His shot selection is obviously very good. Um, He did shoot uh, in this game. He shot 71% again. Uh, is that right? Yeah, seventy-one percent in the fir- in the in the, versus the Nets, and he shot forty-five, which is still a good percentage against uh, Cavaliers in the first game, which we can't go too hard on him there for. But I mean, if he's gonna be doing this almost every game, I don't see why he couldn't be a max super max player, especially since he probably will, should he stay healthy, be an NBA max uh, NBA all all player, uh, NBA all NBA player, all NBA player. Yeah. Um, a lot of words there, but uh, <laughs> I like okay. I'm not and listen. I'm just trying to be as unbiased as, as possible here. We're talking about Pascal Siakam. Is he a top ten player right now? All things considered, or this season, right now, if you had to choose ten players, is he on that list? I would say he's a pretty. I. It's hard to say because there's a lot of crazy stuff going on as well. Uh, but uh, Pascal, let me just see what his ranking is currently. Is he is he better than Jason Tatum? Hold on, let me just see. The answer is no, by the way. No. He's not better than Jason Tatum. So uh, his current rank is 36. So he's shooting 59 from the field. He is shooting 53 from the line, which is not great. 1.3 three-pointers, 30 points, 11 rebounds, 6 assists, 1.5 steals, and no blocks. But it's, it's not about the stats, though, Mark. It's about the... Uh, the it's dunk. a it's about the and i hate this is sort of like a cop-out answer and we always say this but it's about that moment mentality it's right. about being able to go out there and be a stud who can get you a win whether you're shooting 20 percent or 80 percent but I, I also like that he takes responsibility even though he's done well he's like i didn't do well enough so like 100 to account as well he's so. he's a great player yeah super max though I'm, I'm on the fence about that because that is a lot of money that's that's steph curry well money. this is the thing if you're not gonna super max him then you're you, he's gone he's not in toronto no more so that's what you have to think about well that's the thing thing though I, I don't know if anyone else is going to give him a super max right is that how it works or does it have to be the home team that give him the super max oh that's a good question as well i'm not yeah. quite sure but regardless if other teams were allowed to give him a super max i don't think they would regardless i think most teams would offer him something around 40 to 50 million a year and i think that's something that the raptors would should you know that would be a fair market value in my mind 40 to 50 million a year yeah um 60 is just like on it's pretty high, yeah. It's crazy money. If Pascal is willing to take it, yeah. I'm not sure if he will or won't be. So that'll be an interesting question because the Raptors have to start making decisions very soon. Yeah. And Scotty Barnes has gone down and he's holding his ankle. So that is not good. Oh, no. At the moment, uh, I'm hoping this is not serious, but it uh, doesn't look great. So, yeah, um, if he if that's what he wants, we may actually have to give it to him. If he's okay with $50 million, by all means... Uh, I don't see why not. Someone who's basically learned to play basketball at the age of 17, it's still a lot of money to come in front, you know, knocking on your door. So we'll have to see what happens. Uh, here's the other question for you is uh, Scotty Barnes. He's supposed to be the the man of our future, the the go-to guy, right? Like he could potentially be a super max guy in the future as well. He definitely could be. Oh boy, Scotty's being helped off the court. So this is not good. Not a good sign right now. Very scary. Um, but Scotty Barnes is probably next in line for a Supermax. Um, but he's got to become Kevin Garnett in his prime, basically. Um, possibly more. And what does Pascal have to become? Pascal has to become... Pascal. Pascal. Because you think he deserves a Supermax. Yes. Basically, <laughs> yes. All right. So we'll move on from that. Uh, if you guys have any thoughts, uh, feel free to give us a shout out. WrestleballPodcast uh, at gmail.com. We take all opinions, suggestions... Send it out there. All right. So we are going to be facing the Heat, which we are now. And unfortunately, Scotty has gone down. But the Heat hadn't. The Heat themselves are 0-2. 
Uh, they lost to Chicago in a, not even a nail-biter. They were down as much as 20 at a point. Bad, they also, bad loss. They also lost to the Celtics, who's, you know, who's coming off a finals appearance. So I, no, no really harm in that. Nope. Also, the Heat are historically a slow-starting team. Um, but they could be in trouble this year as the East is pretty stacked. Um, and uh, I think that's the big point there is the Miami Heat didn't get worse, but the East definitely got, got better. a lot better. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they could be in trouble. Jimmy Butler's getting old. Kyle Lowry's been basically non-existent. Uh, he was better the second game. Um, he wasn't very good the first game. Basically, it was a minus 13 with two points, four assists and five rebounds. Uh, and one for seven from the field. But in the second game uh, against Boston, uh, he was a lot better. He contributed 17 points. He was a plus two rating with three steals, six assists, and four rebounds. Um, but uh, he's been a focal point of a lot of media in Miami, whether or not he's worth his $30 million contract, whether or not he can fit in with the heat culture of literally you have to be a certain body weight and body fat percentage. Whereas Pat Riley said, you know, Larry maybe has to lose a little bit of weight. And Larry kind of brushed off that comment really fast. So kind of interesting to see our boy being treated like this. But uh, are you surprised? I'm not surprised. Uh, I I was just about to say that Kyle Larry, I'm not surprised about. Because you look back at uh, his history, he's not really been the most uh, easy guy to work with. Like even in Toronto, he had issues. Masai was going to trade him at a point. He had issues in Memphis, had issues in Houston. Um, So I'm not surprised that he's not fitting in that well with Miami, which is such a a militant type team. Yeah. You have to be, you know, all in, you have to be um, part of the mafia basically. And, uh, Kyle Lowry is kind of an individual. Um, the, to be honest, if I if I'm being real honest, is uh, he's on this team because he's best friends with Jimmy Butler. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I mean, there's not much more can there be said about that. Uh, Jimmy Butler wanted him; he's there, but we're not seeing the success they need. And if Miami starts not doing well, which is a very pos- high possibility, he could be the first one to go for a thirty million. Now, I've asked you this question. <laughs> What do you think of Kyle Lowry for Russell Westbrook? Yeah. Is it a little too soon to talk about this? No, we're going to get into Russell Westbrook, who's just been getting killed. Uh, But uh, look, if they made the trade, it's not like a terrible, terrible trade. But I just don't know if Miami really would want to do that. And I know you're saying that uh, there's things that Westbrook can do that uh, Lowry can't. But at the same time, uh, for me, Westbrook just doesn't fit on a contending team. If you're looking to win a championship, I don't know Westbrook's the guy you're going to have on your roster, especially on the starting lineup. And we know he doesn't want to play off the bench. So to counter that, I feel like Westbrook, if he were to be on a contender, the Heat would be the best contender because of their physicality, because of their worth ethic, and the amount of like working out and and, and, and practice and all this stuff, which Westbrook, you know, he's in great shape. He's an athlete. This is like most of the guys on the heat. In my honest opinion, he probably fits them better than anyone else. And if he can't fit in there, and I'm not saying he probably, he, he, he would be a difference maker in terms of winning a championship, but he definitely brings something to the heat that the Lakers don't necessarily need. The ne- the Lakers don't necessarily, um, uh, what do you call it? Doesn't necessarily uh, equate and doesn't necessarily coach how Wessel, Russell Westbrook will play. Because honestly speaking, Russell was very good on Oklahoma. Good coaching and the way you u- utilize him is important. And what he did on Washington, I think is extremely underrated. And it's the reason why he ended up on the Lakers, actually. Because at a point, I think it was December, the Washington Wizards were dead last in the East. They ended up making playoffs. Not even play-ins, playoffs. Because of... Uh, what he was able to do and how he was able to be utilized on that team, obviously with Bradley Beal. But uh, he has LeBron James in AD and it's just not working out for many reasons. Um, And I don't see why he couldn't be a player on a playoff team like the Miami Heat, who I think encompasses sort of what he's about too. He is a hard worker. He's a brown noser, puts his head down. Um, but it's maybe just not utilized well in the Laker land. So that's, that's sort of my thing. Lowry fits in great with the Lakers. Yeah, I, th- I think the Lakers would absolutely Win. rather yeah. want Lowry than than Russell Westbrook. But even uh, you mentioned OKC, you mentioned the Wizards. 
that's actually the best fit for him to be on a team that's not contending. And and that's uh, to, that's going back to my original point that uh, like if you're a contender, man, like when Russell Westbrook is allowed to be a 40 minute player and play balls out and, and have that kind of high usage, he's phenomenal. He's going to be an MVP type candidate. If you threw him on OKC right now or Detroit or any of those contending teams, he'll probably win you a lot of games and maybe even get you into the play-ins. He's he's good on that level, but it's a double-ended sword though because non-contenders mm-hmm. don't want to contend because you got great rookies coming out of the draft. Exactly. I'm not saying it makes sense. Yeah. I'm not saying it makes sense, yeah. but I'm saying that's sort of like that's where he's at his best, unfortunately, and, yeah. and it sucks because I love Russell Westbrook, but I could easily see him. And, and we talked about this: uh, is he could go on Miami, decide not to want to change his game, which he's basically done on the Lakers doesn't want to change his game yeah and then they may just sit him they yep. may just not play him at all yeah um, and I think that's v- much more likely because if you're looking at the Miami starting lineup who are your three-point shooters Tyler Hero and Kyle Lowry, Kyle Lowry. Gabe Vincent yeah Gabe Vincent's a good free three-point three-point shooter now I'm just talking starting lineup though oh shoot yeah Kyle Lowry and Tyler Hero would be your three-point shooters you replace Kyle Lowry with a guy who can't shoot threes yeah you lose that you're going to be in trouble, especially uh, mm-hmm. when, uh, you know, the three is so big in today's game. Yeah. You need to have shooters. And that's what's wrong with the Lakers. Yeah. They have no, no shooters. Threes. And they got they lost all their three-point shooters. They so. lost all their three-point shooters. Exactly. So uh, that's, you know, that's where I'll end my spiel on uh, Miami. But uh, it is an interesting trade because uh, it seems like the Miami fans, on Reddit at least, don't like Lowry. Yeah. And obviously, we know that everybody doesn't like Westbrook on the Lakers. So... Hate for hate? Who knows? It could work out, but at the same... Like, it's one of those whatever trades. Yeah, it is a whatever trade. It's a hate for hate in the gates kind of trade. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. So, uh, right now, uh, we we actually have to face the Heat back-to-back. So, we'll be facing them... I don't know what kind of schedule this is. I was going to say, and then Philly back-to-back Then we're well. facing Philly back-to-back. Those are big matchups. I feel like huge. all our Eastern matchups are going to be crazy well, stressful. And these are the teams I was telling you, like... Yeah. You want to compare us to Cleveland and Atlanta. I'm saying we got to beat Miami and Philly. Like these are the teams I think we should be on their tier. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, listen, the NBA is composed of more than just the Raptors. There's so many teams, a lot of, uh, you know, two games in for most teams. And there's so many storylines coming out already. Yeah. So the first one. Denver Nuggets uh, had a brutal, brutal loss to Utah, who is on a two-game winning streak. Yes, they are. Uh, but a brutal loss to them, lost by 21 points. And then they come back and beat the defending champions, Golden State Warriors, 128-123 on Friday. Uh, so just yesterday. Yes, yes, they did. Ah, uh, man. Like, what do you make of... What do you... A lot of people are really high on Denver. Where, where do you have them pegged? Oh, I'm high on Denver too, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you're up. You're already up in the Denver I'm already, mountains. I'm in the Denver you're mountains. You're so baby. high. You, you've got yeah. the, the the oxygen in your blood already. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. looks really good. He's been hitting some crazy like running three pointers. Yep. Uh, Jamal Murray is going to take it a little slow, but he should be ramping up by February. And uh, Nikola Jokic is the MVP from last year, so there's no reason why they shouldn't. Um, they've added Bruce Bruce Brown, which who's is a great play, player. Oh, it was KC, great for Brooklyn. KCP, who is also another great addition. Great for the well. Lakers on their championship team. Yes, they you know so they got some pieces there, some new pieces that are going to help Jokic out. And Jokic just recorded his 77th triple double, the second most by an NBA center. And guess what? Wilt Chamberlain has 78. So that's gonna that record is going to be smashed. Real soon, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, possibly by next, possibly next week. That's how soon it is. So that's amazing that Jokic is, you know, such an interesting, intricate center in the NBA. So for all those reasons, yeah, Denver is going to be high in the clouds, um, and uh, probably going to be going for a championship. I think they're probably one of the favorites to come out of the West if they can remain healthy, and that's the main question. That's can- that's the if. Can Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. stay healthy? We know Jokic can when he's already dealing with a bad wrist. It's all taped up and he's playing injured, basically. He's basically Kobe-ing it right now. So, How long do you think it takes for Jamal Murray to get back to form? Because he hasn't really been his... He won't know. be back to form until probably playoffs. Yeah. But he'll probably get back to something he recognizes by January, February, I think. And like you said, Michael Porter Jr., on the other hand, it looks like he's already back to form. He looks good. He's just got to stay healthy now. Um, He's hit some crazy shots. He's got the confidence and whatnot, and it's all there. So I think they gave him the green light to do, you know, what he can do. Um, The Utah Jazz, though, man, destroying them that first game. um, 
not only not only even that they beat Minnesota the next the next uh, I guess two nights later, um, and the Utah Jazz as a team you know had 39 assists in that game, and that's more assists than any game the Jazz played with Donovan Mitchell, which is a huge statement right there. Um, they're just playing so well together. Um, no one specifically, but Jordan Clarkson's been really good. Colin Sexton's been really good. Laurie Markkinen's been really good, and every everyone else. And they still have um, vets in in um, Michael Connolly's there. My, yeah, Mike Connolly. So, uh, yeah, we don't expect this to last very long. This is no, probably they, just they, because there's they, no way they to. They have to tank. That's the thing. They have to tank, but at the same time, I don't expect them to keep winning like this because it's not going to last, right? This yeah, is sort of because there's no game. There's no defensive strategy for this team because there's no one to really defend besides maybe Jordan Clarkson. Well, look at the end of the day, uh, you know Utah's GM is going to come down there. He's going to tell the coach, <laughs> "Listen, stop winning and start blading and start blading. <laughs> In fact, blade daily, blade daily, and listen to the Russell Ball podcast. All right, um, squared but- circle." <laughs> Um, but on a you know on a on a positive note as well, another player who's coming back from injury, Dame, uh, he oh, dropped man. dropped forty one points against Phoenix. They were killing our boy over the off season, dropping him out of the first round in fantasy, yeah. and and just saying Portland is going to be a play in team. Yeah, we quickly forget how deadly Dame, Dame time God is. God Dame, as they say. Hey, his say. his watch is still ticking. All yeah. right, it's still oh, Dame, it's time, Dame time, baby. baby. Uh, but he killed it, like you mentioned, 41 points on uh, 12 for 25 shooting. And you know what? They got a pretty solid team. Yes, they do. Um, they got uh, Anthony Simmons, who also has the key to the city. Narkage is there as well. Grant. Grant. Jeremiah Grant. Oh, you forget about him. Yeah, you forget about him. Like, yeah. yes, they lost a lot of other guys as well. Uh, Rocco, Norm Powell. Yeah. Um, but it's still a pretty decent team, it's especially a- if uh, Nurkic can stay healthy. And they beat Sacramento, which should have been a win, in my opinion. I don't think Sacramento is really a team. But at the same time, they got some good guys there. And then they beat Phoenix Suns, which is an extremely big win in overtime. Beat them by two points. Um, not much more can be said. Phoenix is, uh, you know, the a championship caliber team. Yeah. Um, one were, of the favorites you know, to, to Two get years removed from a final appearance. Yep. I, and you know what? Even Sacramento, I don't have them at the bottom of the barrel. No. They're probably a playing team. Yep. They got a good team. They got Darren Fox, Sabonis. When you got those two, you're definitely at least competing for a play-in spot. Yeah. Uh, it's not like they got a bunch of rookies. They got some bona fide stars on, on that team. So, um, you know, it's not a, a huge win by all means, but a re- it's a good win. And, and Dame Time is back, and I and I love saying it, and I can't. And he's exciting to watch, and I'm glad to see it. Yeah. And they got some interesting. Uh, they got an interesting rookie in uh, Sheldon Sharp, who you know, Shaden Sharp. Yeah. Shaden Sharp. Sorry. Uh, who said that, you know, he, Dame said that he looks in amazing shape. Josh Hart is also a very underrated small forward who can give you, like, uh, triple-double kind of type type stats, not necessarily a triple-double. So they got a lot of things on the up and up, so I, I don't see why not, that why they couldn't do it, right? So Yeah, exactly. And much like uh, Westbrook, Dame is too good to be, uh, you know, not in the playoffs or at least in the play and running. Yeah, for sure. So... Uh, I, I like that. Let's see where Portland goes with this. Keep up the momentum. Um, on the flip side, uh, let's just talk quickly about Phoenix. You know, they lost to Portland, um, but they have largely the same team that they've had uh, over the last two years and has had a lot of success over the last two years. Yeah, I I kind of, you know what? In that game uh, where they, uh, I forget the game now, uh, but essentially they took... Uh, Chris Paul out the last six minutes. And oh, Dallas. Yes, yeah, sorry. The first game. The first game. And they uh, basically played played through uh, Devin Booker. Very interesting. Obviously, I know you're really big on the coach. Uh, Monty Williams. Monty Williams. Um, so that was a strategic move to not have Chris Paul in the game, which is probably the, the first time I say that sentence. And you know who was in favor for? You know who they started? Or not started, but played instead of Chris Paul? Damian Lee. Yeah. Former uh, Golden State Warrior here, uh, uh, Steph Curry's uh, brother-in-law, who big di- who went nuts. He went friggin' colossal in that yeah. fourth quarter. Him yeah. th- big time threes. Yeah, uh, he obviously has that Curry gene in him now. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so look, I, like I'm on the fence with Phoenix. I do think that um, their locker room is not as tight as it has been in the last two years. You, you can't be with all the drama that they've had over the. The offseason, especially coming off a brutal, brutal game seven 
uh, losing to Dallas. But this is a little redemption here, getting a, a big win, coming back from almost down over 20, I believe it yep. was. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, Luka Dacic played super well in that game. So yep. they got the best of Luka and beat him. I think they're going to be very streaky. Um, they were in the up and up in that game with Dallas, and then they lost to Portland. So it wasn't, <laughs> you know you know what I mean? It wasn't very convincing. And I think they're yeah. going to have a lot of issues because I think, I just don't think that team is cohesive as it can be. And I, I see them not getting far this year and probably everything breaking off after that. Well, if we talk about the big three for that team, and that's DeAndre Ayton, Chris Paul, and Devin Booker. Do any of those guys take a step up this year? And Chris Paul, I think, is a no because of his age. Yeah. Uh, Devin Booker, in my opinion, could, but at the same time, he's also like really, really good. So I don't know how much more you can peak after yeah. his before, you know, how he's been performing. And then DeAndre Ayton, I don't know. I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced either. I think they all do basically what they've been doing. Exactly. I agree. If anyone, maybe Mikel Bridges takes a, a little step up, but uh, yeah. I, I don't know if he'll have the usage in the minutes to do so. No. I don't think so. I don't see any bright outlook for the Suns. This is literally them going to, like, I think they're going to be dragging their pail to the playoffs. They probably make playoffs, no, for sure. Oh, they're definitely going to be playoffs. Uh, but team. I don't see that chemistry there. And it's just kind of, it's kind of strange. Whatever has been going on with Aiden and Monty Williams and then Chris Paul sort of there too, but not, he's been benched in the last six minutes and all these, like, it's this weird thing. So, yeah, um, if, I, if I had to guess, I'd throw him at maybe a, like a four or five seed. Yeah. Seems about right. That sounds right, yeah. But they've dropped every year. Yeah, well... I mean, they came off of almost... When you're talking about, what, they get 63 wins last year or something like that? Yeah. Now you're getting borderlining on the, like, elite, elite levels. Only really, really good teams are, you know, managed to get 60-plus. Yeah, over 50. Yeah, 60-plus is the next level. Yes, yeah. yeah. So they had a really solid year. Uh, I don't know. Like, And again, it's the same talent. So, yeah, they're going to be good, but they're not going to be 60-plus wins uh, good. No. But moving, to, moving on, the Memphis Grizzlies, baby. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So, uh, John Morant living up to his Iverson-like uh, comparisons leads the Grizzlies to victory over the Houston Rockets with 49 points, 8 assists on 17 of 26 shooting, 5 from five of 6 from 3-pointers in just 30 sweet minutes. This is uh, not that they play the same, but this is like a Giannis-like performance. Yes. And that you can do this in 30 minutes. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Are you kidding? And this is coming from the WrestleBall podcast, who yeah. we, we basically talked down on him in terms of fantasy picking. Yeah. Um, like, we didn't have him first or even second. Yeah. Um, but he's but definitely playing like it. He's definitely playing like it. Yeah. So uh, they went to a close game against New York. Which they nearly lost. So we were all kind of dropped on Memphis. And I watched that game as well. They did go to overtime and they did win. They pulled it off with three points. And then they went to Houston, which is not even supposed to make the playoffs. So I kind of, I sort of see that they allow a lot of points. 112 in the game against New York. That went to overtime. And 122 in regulation against Houston. To be fair, Triple J's injured. For sure, but they're still a good defensive. They got Desmond Bain there. Oh, absolutely, but he's their defensive anchor. I guess Dylan Brooks was also gone. Not that he's of like, oh, super importance, but he is know. a defensive. Is he? He was known for his defense in the playoffs. Oh, That's man. the thing. So I feel like what he's known for for me, yeah, is a sloppy twenty points. It is a sloppy. 20 points. <laughs> he is a sloppy. He just doesn't shoot the ball very well, but he takes the shots as if he is a superstar. Well, they give him the green light too. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know why they should not because as soon as he comes back, there's going to be some problems there. I, yeah, I can foresee that. I know Desmond Bain's struggling right now, um, but uh, yeah, their defense doesn't look very good right now. Obviously, when Triple J does come back, which should be relatively soon, possibly in mid to late November, if not earlier than that. Um, they should they should see a little bit of an increase in their defense. But Dylan Brooks does provide a little bit of defense for them as well. And this is team defense from Dylan Brooks more so than Triple J's leading, you know, leading block percentage last year, which I believe was 2.5, if I'm not mistaken. Possibly a little less than that, but I think that's what it was. So um big wins from John. Obviously, he's putting he's got to put up these kind of numbers for Memphis to be successful. Well, you know what's kind of wild with Memphis is they actually have a couple of guys who are stepping up who I had no idea who they were. Um, like Santi oh, Aldama, yeah. I believe is a rookie. Yeah. John Conchar all Conchar of a sudden, like, who are these guys? And and they're playing well for Memphis. And as I say this, uh, Memphis is actually down 39-17 to Dallas. Oh my god. In the end of the first quarter. <laughs> oh 39 points. So I guess you're right. They don't have any D right now, but uh yeah. uh but yeah, it is interesting to see that um 
they've managed to find players to step up that, you know, who are these guys? Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, uh, I, I picked up Brandon Clark thinking, uh, you know, he's rated. He, I think he had an O rank of 80 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Terrible. Yeah, Dropped yeah. him after the first game. Didn't do too well. But let's talk about the rookie. Oh. Number one draft pick. Um, Paulo Bonchero. Through two games, is averaging 23.5 points, 10.5 rebounds, 3.5 assists, 2.5 blocks on 47% shooting, 80 from the line. Just impressive. Now, I know you weren't sold on rookies, but you got to be sold on Paulo freaking Bancaro. I am extremely sold on what this man is going to be able to do. He's completely changing the outlook of Orlando. Yeah, they did lose the first two games, but it's not about this I love it. You know what it means? It means he's going to play. Yeah. Yeah. Because if they were winning, they would, uh, again, yeah. the GM's going to come down and yeah, say, hey, yeah. start losing games. Start blading yourself. <laughs> uh, very impressive. His uh, first output was like a 27 point drop, uh, 27. And then his uh, second output was just as good. A um, little less, obviously, averaging 23 now. But uh, quite impressive what this young man can do. And he doesn't look like he's going to be able to stop two and a half blocks per game. Like, how? How do you do that? What is the thing that stands out most for you? The blocks, the the, sh- the points. I mean, everything stands out to me. There's nothing that doesn't stand out to me. This guy's basically almost triple doubling sometimes, right? For me, it's it's the body. This okay. guy is NBA ready. You look at him. He doesn't look like a rookie. He doesn't look like he needs to fill in or he needs to grow still. This so, guy looks like he's physically peaked. And, and obviously he hasn't because he's so young. Yep. But he's going to be so good yep. if he's this good already. Yep. My goodness. Yep. He's, not sh- he, he's, uh, he's already at, he's at 19 points right now. He's a little slower in this third game against Boston, which is understandable as well. I mean, 19 points, still pretty good. Still pretty good, yeah. Um, and they are, they're only two points behind Boston. So Wow. He's starting to win now too. So the GM's definitely going to probably have to have a talk with him about this winning. But uh, I'm ex- I'm thoroughly impressed and I'm extremely happy that you got me on the Apollo train. And in our co-op team, if you guys listen to the Squared Circle, sorry, Squared Circle Courtside from last week where we did the live draft. Wrestleball Courtside. Wrestleball Courtside. The li- live draft that we did, we did take Apollo. And uh, that was a fun episode, by the way. You definitely should check that out if you haven't already. Yes. Uh, So yeah. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm glad we picked him. Um, He's. He looks like a stud. Uh, Where do you see Orlando? Like trajectory. Like obviously they're going to be bad this year, but do you see them like with Paulo Banquero, with Franz Wagner? um, Do you see them making maybe a run in the future? Uh, Like I'm talking like two, three, four years. Well, Jalen Suggs went down again. So yeah, he's he's, having, he's been a disappointment. Yeah. Wow. So happy. That was a bullet avoided by the Raptors. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. So yeah. <laughs> yes, I know. So uh, yeah. Um. Never listen to us. <laughs> we just talk about stuff. We actually don't know anything. No. Um. But um. Yeah. And uh, Markel Fultz is out again. He's probably going to be out of the league extremely soon. Um. Uh. I don't know if I don't know what to expect really with these two guys. Yes, but you got rid of everybody else more or less. I think. I don't know. I really don't know what to expect. Orlando is not a team that's very impressive. Dwight Howard was the last time they were impressive. Um, so I think they have a lot of work to do. I think you can definitely build with France and definitely build with um, Paulo, but um, Paulo more so, obviously, because he's such a well, Franz heavy is a, presence. Franz is a nice uh, pairing with him because he's sort of does everything kind of yeah. kind of guy. Yeah. He, he reminds me a lot of like Josh Giddy yeah. in that they they can probably get you near a triple double, uh, you know, at their best. Um, so yeah, exciting future for them. But yeah, this year definitely going to stink it up because everybody wants Victor. Victor uh, now one more team before we finish uh, off with the Lakers. I never actually uh, knew the lyrics to. That I song. mean, if there are lyrics to uh, the Lion King song. I have no idea. But uh, I think we need to talk about the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, well, I think we can put it to rest that Dijon Trey is going to be a I like it. I like it. Be, uh, a a good duo. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they've shown it. Obviously, it's, it's wins against Houston, Orlando. Uh, teams are expected to beat. But the main thing for me is they're both killing it. Yeah. 98 points and 46 assists in two games. Not to mention, I think Dej- uh, Dejounte has something like, oh, I don't even know, Holy something crap, like huh? five plus steals. 
Yeah, he's killing it. Yeah. I really regret not taking him in the second round. I really regret I was shocked because you're bigger on DeJounte than I am. Yeah. Um, and for me, it was a no-brainer because there really wasn't you were late. much else. You were a late yeah. second round, yeah. so that was a steal. And yeah. I should have just taken him early. So anyway, you live and learn. Uh, live and die by the draft. Um, you can lose. What is it? What is it you say? You can. You don't win with draft picks, but you can definitely lose yeah, with draft picks. You don't picks. win at the draft, but you can definitely you lose, lose at, at the, draft. the draft. So I think this is going to be a very fun duo to watch throughout the year. Um, DeJantre, I think hopefully we keep that name going forward. Um, such a good... Um, such a good pairing, but on the opposite end of that, What's we go that? to we go to we go to a very dark, 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 dark land. It's not Neverland, oh, but boy. it is Lakerland. It is Lakerland. Oh no, not Lakerland. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, I mean, listen, the Lakers were a joke last year. What what was what was that place called in Stranger Things? Um, the upside down. The upside. <laughs> that's what Lakerland is, literally. And uh, listen, you know, when you start to feel bad for LeBron James that this is a mess and and I'm talking. So I, I got to watch some of their, uh, you know, match up against the, the Clippers. And it's it just that fourth quarter. Oof. I think LeBron uh, had it at a tie game and then he got checked out and then they went on like a, a oh, man. And, and speaking of LeBron James <laughs> and his 20th season debut. Yes. 31 points. 14 rebounds, 8 assists. There's no slowing this man down. Give this man a team. Yes. Genie Bus. And and you, Rob Palenka. You, you got to think Russell that's, Westbrook. <laughs> you got to think this is some of LeBron's fault, right? Because he did ask Le for GM? Westbrook. He did ask for a lot of these guys. Is uh, is Lay GM not working out? I mean, I mean, I I never thought that he was a great GM. <laughs> Obviously a great Le, player. What about Le Coach? Le Is Coach? A, I mean, he probably is a decent coach. Maybe. He he lay no 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 more. No, not a good coach. We he, don't think so. I don't know what to say, man. Honestly, Anthony Davis. Okay, he he's the guy I want to zero in on. Yeah. Okay, so uh, you know Westbrook aside, let's talk about Anthony Davis for a second. Data Davis. Yeah, well, besides, oh, he did have like. Before the game, he, he was wasn't questionable. Gonna play. Yeah, he uh, wasn't gonna during play the game, clips. he's touching his legs. Up. <laughs> um, listen, should be blading is what he should be doing. This guy ends up with something like twenty plus points, but in that fourth quarter, he's just non-existent. Bro, that first game minus twenty-one from Data Davis. <laughs> you put up twenty-seven points. You can put up four steals, a block, six rebounds. Um, you didn't you didn't hit a three and you shot forty five percent. You were still terrible on the court. What does that mean? Luka Doncic, uh, not Luka Doncic. Was it Luka Doncic? No, Steph. Stephen Curry was dancing around you. Stephen Curry at age thirty three or thirty two. He's the same age as LeBron. Same same birthday as LeBron too, if I'm not really? mistaken. Oh, so that means he's thirty seven. Oh, I don't know if they're same. Oh no, not same birthday. It must My be bad. a little bit younger. They were born in the same hospital, but oh, same hospital. Yeah, okay. but yeah, not at the same time. Anyway, besides <laughs> the point. Sorry, I totally like whiffed on that. Uh, but uh, Steph Curry just dances around Anthony, making you look like an afterthought. But what Very was so disappointing for me was that Clippers game was so close. Anthony Davis is sitting around on the perimeter looking like a spot-up shooter, something Kyle Lowry is not for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, you, if you're not familiar with that Raptors meme, you should check that out. <laughs> uh, but Anthony Davis, like, what are you doing? You should be yeah. a, a bona fide inside presence. That's what they got you for. That's what you're known for. And you're dancing around on the outside in a close game. And this is a game where the Lakers weren't shooting well from the three. Just make some buckets. Just score. Put the basket in the net, if you have to dunk it, then dunk it. No reason for you to be outside there trying to be play hero ball, hit that three to you know take the lead. Like, come on, man. And granted, he was a plus five in this game. Sure, you're a plus five in this game, but that fourth quarter was terrible. Mm-hmm. Terrible. And with LeBron out, you should be the man. And it seems like with LeBron out, the team falters. And Why? I don't know. The Lakers are so bad that if LeBron or AD gets injured... The Pelicans could conceivably end up making playoffs and land Victor Webendenya via that AD trade. So this is extremely painful. Lakers have no choice but to make playoffs. Now, uh, we obviously can't not talk about the Lakers and not talk about uh, Russell Westbrook. That was a double negative. Did that work? It's a, now a positive. <laughs> but anyways, uh, Russell Westbrook, um, how do you feel about him? 
I like Russell Westbrook. I think a lot of the commentating on Russell Westbrook um, basically stated that he, you know, they've sucked the soul out of this poor guy. Um, I don't deny that he's not playing well, but you're obviously not obviously giving him positive feedback, positive reinforcement, I should say. And it's just making things a lot worse. Um, he played really well his first game, 7 of 12 from the field, which is a 58%. Fortunately, it was a minus 6. They did lose the game. Uh, 19 points, did get a steal, 3 assists, and 10 rebounds, which is a pretty good line. In the second game, which is really what we're talking about here, 0 for 11, um, didn't hit a single shot, did did go to the line and did hit two free throws. He got five steals, which is super impressive, and that's also why I said that he prob- probably could do something on the Heat because Russell used to be no, known for his defense, um, but uh, just not enough, and this is not going to get the do- job done in Lakerland. This one doesn't get the job done anywhere in the NBA. You you have to make shots. Um, it's unfortunate. Um, but uh, and he's put this in is a, a painful. He's put in a tough spot because I'm I'm going to read you some stats here. This is the starting lineup uh, for the Clippers. I mean, in the Clippers game for the Lakers, this is the starting lineup, uh, and this is their three point shooting: two of eight, two of nine, one of six, two of four, zero for six. So Anthony Davis was actually their best three point shooter in the starting lineup with two for four, uh, went fifty percent, pretty solid. Maybe that's why he was standing out on the line. Yeah. Uh, but this is exactly why Westbrook doesn't fit because, listen, he's not a good three-point shooter. Yeah. I think it's too late in the game for him to really become a, a, a three-point threat. And that's what you need around LeBron. Like you said, the prototypical LeBron team centers three-point shooters. Yeah, that's it. It's a center point guard build, but for LeBron. LeBron's fantasy team anyway. So anyways, awful, awful showing uh, from the Lakers thus far, except for LeBron, obviously playing at an MVP level at age 37. Impressive as, as heck. As always. Probably probably going to pass. Um, uh, Who's next on the list? Huh? Who's next on the list? You're talking about scoring, right? Yeah. yeah it's uh, it's Kareem. Oh, I thought you already passed Kareem. Is it Bill Russell? No, it's Kareem. It's Kareem he's going to pass next. Oh. Kareem has the most points in the NBA history. So who did he pass last year? Um, I thought that was Kareem. Might have been Bill. I forget. Oh, I could be wrong. But anyways, um, yes, a terrible shooting, which actually leads us to the five-point play, brother. Uh, So this week's five-point play, top five players who went 0% from... And and I'm sorry, Westbrook, we had to do it, but uh, we love you on here on the WrestleBall podcast. But uh, top five players who went 0% uh, from field goal in a game and are still considered good. Um, Just to interject real fast. Yes. Uh, he passed Carl um, Malone last year. Oh, Carl Malone, the milkman. He also passed Kobe Bryant probably the year before that. So, yeah. yeah. But Kareem Abdul-Jabbar next. is next in line. Um, and he has about a, th- about a little less than 2,000 to go. Oh, all right. So, so anyway, yes. Uh, yeah, so sorry. Getting back to the top five. So 0% field goals. So interesting. 0% field goals. And yeah. these are pretty big names here. Yep. Uh, Mark, you want to start us off here? I'm going to go with um, probably the... Should I go with the biggest one? Uh, you know what? Let's go with Chris Paul. Since we were talking about Phoenix and sort of the Phoenix issues. Chris Paul had gone 0 for 12 in a game. And he's a great player. Oh, yeah. Regardless of Would that. Would you say he's a top five point guard of all time? Probably. Probably He's so. out there. He's definitely in the top 10. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, a guy who's a perennial uh, superstar yep. and went 0 for 12. So happens. Stop, stop dogging on Westbrook. Yes, uh, it happens. Here's a guy that we don't like but is probably still considered an MVP favorite probably this year. Joel Embiid, 0 for 11. Mm-hmm. Put up a goose egg on 11 shots. Not good. No, no. And his, and his daddy, Doc Rivers, <laughs> also put up a goose egg going 0 for 11. Not on the list, though. Not good enough. No. Um, okay, who's uh, third on this list here? Um, I'm going to go with Ray Allen, Ooh. which is an extremely shocking, shocking one. Shocking, right? Since, since his whole career is about shooting shooting that three and taking away a, a championship from the San Antonio Spurs, he went 0 for 13. Yeah. Crazy. Another guy who went 0 for 13 and fourth on this list and a... What, what's the flagrant foul? <laughs> that's not the flagrant foul. That's air horn. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting my uh, sound effects all mixed up here. Uh, but a uh, top three... 
Raptor of all time, maybe <laughs> top four. Who knows? Uh, Vince Carter going over thirteen. Uh, I'm not sure which game that was, but as we all know, Vince Carter had a super long career and was considered very, very elite uh, for a long time. Yep. Uh, you want to round off the list here? So the last person on this list is uh, actually a shooting coach. Just made the Hall of Fame. Just made the Hall of Fame. Tim Hardaway. 0 for 17 once, which is the worst of all of these. Yes. <laughs> Tim Hardaway Sr. So Tim Hardaway Sorry. Jr., if you're listening out there. Um, uh, Start playing some games for Dallas. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Tim Hardaway just made the Hall of Fame. I think it was this year. He was this year, yeah. Yeah, so congrats to him. You know, 0 for 17 and still making the Hall of Fame, which is probably what Westbrook's going to... Yeah, Westbrook's yeah, got to be first Westbrook's, ballot. Yeah, he's a triple-double leader. He averaged a triple-double three times. And, so yeah, he's definitely going to be there. Let's not... Let's get crazy. Well, man. to be quite honest, everybody on this list here is going to make the Hall of Fame yeah. if they're not already in there. So that about does it for this week's Wrestleball Courtside. Again, thanks for joining us. If you do like wrestling, though, check us out at Wrestleball Squared Circle. And as... Oh, and hit that subscribe button as, as always. My goodness. As always, Mark, last words. Cero, mero, bleeding. <laughs>